Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast, coming to you on a Friday night, looking to give you some winners for the rest of week nine. Of course, if you tuned into my Wednesday podcast, I gave out a winner on Thursday Night Football, the Colts covering the 10.5 point spread. It looked like the Jets might have a backdoor cover coming. I saw it happening in slow motion. Even when they had it down uh, just to three scores, I was like, oh no, I can see this coming. They're going to get score, get the ball back and score again. Of course, they scored, got the ball back, had the lead down to 15. We're in the red zone, threatening to get the backdoor cover, but throwing an interception to seal that one. The Colts get the cover. My picks have struggled as of late. However, I'm 7-2 and two on Thursday night football, so doing really well in the standalone games. Maybe that just tells me that I need to do more time researching each individual game because obviously with the standalone games, you're going to have more time to re- when I research for a Thursday night podcast. I'm researching just for one game, so possibly uh, just a wake-up call to myself. We're going to look to give you some winners on the rest of the week. Uh, just a couple of brief things to touch on on the Thursday night football game. Number one for the Jets. Uh, it really looks like Zach Wilson might have been a bust. I hate to say that already so early on in his career, but that team has struggled mightily. As soon as he's not in the game, Mike White comes in last week and gets a victory against the Bengals, a good Bengals team. Then, of course, Uh, The offense looking great yesterday, putting up a lot of points. Even when Mike White went out of the game, journeyman Josh Johnson coming in and leading a couple of scoring drives for the Jets. But under Zach Wilson, this offense just could do absolutely nothing. Again, I don't want to throw dirt on the kid's career just yet. He still is just a rookie, but man, that is not a good sign for the Jets, uh, spending the second overall pick on Wilson. For the Colts, a couple of things. Number one, uh, Jonathan Taylor looking like he... Should have been the number one overall pick in fantasy. A lot of people were talking him up. I was not buying the hype. I had a chance to draft him at number seven in one of my leagues and passed on him. That is looking like a big mistake on my part and on the part of a lot of people. Jonathan Taylor, especially with the injury to Derrick Henry, really looking like the best running back in fantasy football. Uh, Carson Wentz getting back on track. It's a get-right game for the Colts. They are looking to grab that last playoff spot in the AFC and possibly contend for the division. Now with the injury to Derrick Henry, you could possibly see the Titans struggling the rest of the way and the Colts might have a chance in that division even though they did lose the two games to the Titans. So they will have to win, uh, finish the season a game ahead of the Titans. Not sure that they can do that, but it definitely looks like they have a shot with the Derrick Henry injury. So we're going to break right into the Sunday games now. We're going to start with the Falcons and the Saints. The Saints a six and a half point favorite in this one. The over-under sitting at 42. And the Falcons are a little bit of a square dog in this one. Not a lot of people are wanting to lay the six and a half points with Trevor Simeon starting at quarterback for the Saints. 71% of the against the spread bets are on the Falcons in this one. When I first looked at the game, I said, oh man, Saints minus six and a half. I'm definitely taking the Falcons. However, after doing some research, I kind of changed course. Of course, the Falcons are going to be without Calvin Ridley for the foreseeable future, taking time off of football to take care of his mental health. So hopefully he's getting right on that track. But defensively, the Falcons are not able to pressure the quarterback. And whenever you're dealing with a backup quarterback, you want to be able to put pressure on him, make him uncomfortable. The Falcons defensive front is not able to do that. And also on the other side of the ball, the Falcons give up the most receiving yards to running backs in the league. Not a good sign when you're going up against Alvin Kamara, one of the best receiving backs in the league. 
as I said, I need to do more research on these games. And the more and more I dug into this game, the more I liked Saints minus six. We're going to take the Saints. We're going to lay the six points. And we're going to also play the under 42 in this one. I think this Saints defense shuts this Falcons offense down. You saw the Panthers defense, who is not as good as the Saints defense, do that to the Falcons last week. I think you see more of the same this week for Atlanta. Take the Saints, lay the six. And also, as I said, we're playing under 42 in this one. Uh, excuse me, Saints minus six and a half in this one. I said six a couple of times there. It is Saints minus six and a half. And that moves us on to our next game. It is the Texans taking on the Dolphins in Miami. Both of these teams struggling just one win apiece. The Dolphins are a five and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 46 and a half. And I mentioned the Texans one win. It came with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback in week one. And this game marks the return of Tyrod Taylor to the Houston Texans. The Texans outscoring opponents 51 to 35 in the five quarters that Tyrod Taylor was their quarterback. Uh, in the 26 plus quarters since, they are being outscored 68 to 213. Now, obviously, you can't put the points scored against who the quarterback is. However, 51 points scored in five quarters. So with Tyrod Taylor, they're scoring a little over 10 points per quarter. So 68 points scored in the 26 quarters without him. That's just over two and a half points a quarter. And that is my own research, by the way. So two and a half points a quarter without 10 points per quarter with. No question this offense is better with Tyrod Taylor. And it really looks to me like this game is being handicapped, like Davis Mill is still the quarterback. So I am taking the Texans in this one. I think Tyrod Taylor comes in and turns the fortunes of the Texans around, if not winning this game outright, at least covering that five and a half point spread. These are two bad teams. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think either one of these teams is five and a half points better than the other. So I'm going to take the points here with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, and I'm also going to play over 46 and a half in this one. Uh, the next game on our list only features one bad team instead of two. The Bills taking on the Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Jags, a 14-point underdog at home in this one. The over-under 48 and a half. And I touched on this last week with the Bills. The Bills are in the middle of a three-game stretch of facing pretty bad teams. Taking on the Dolphins last week, following it with the Jags this week. They have the Jets next week. So a three-game stretch in which the Bills are just going to walk over their opponent. Uh, last week, I said that I thought the Bills might come out a little flat, which they did. And they got lucky to cover that 15.5-point number that they were laying to the Miami Dolphins. The Bills just came out stale. And really, a last-minute touchdown is the only thing that gave them that cover. It really looked like they could have ran the clock out instead scoring the touchdown to get the cover. This week, I don't think you see the Bills come out stale. This Jags defense is not good. The Dolphins, to their credit, have a decent enough defense and are a division rival of the Bills. I don't think you see Jacksonville able to slow down this Bills offense at all. The Bills, of course, are first in the league in points per game on offense. They're first in the league in points per game allowed as well. The Jaguars are 28th in the league in both of those stats. So I think Josh Allen is going to have an absolute field day in this one. The Jaguars are giving up the most running yards two quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think Josh Allen has a big game, both running and passing in this one. Take the Bills, lay the 14 points, and I'm also going to play over 48 and a half in this one. And with that, we finally move on to a matchup of two good teams, or at least two teams with playoff aspirations. It is the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens a six-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under 49 and a half. And both of these teams are coming off of bad losses as favorites in their last game. The Ravens getting blown out at home by the Bengals the week 
before their bye. The Vikings losing to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football with Cooper Rush at quarterback. I think the Ravens are the better team here, but the Vikings have not lost a single game by more than seven points all season, and their defense has been great at getting pressure on the quarterback, which does not bode well for the Ravens. The Ravens have had injury issues across their offensive line all season. This Vikings defense has also done fairly well at containing running quarterbacks this season, having matchups against Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson this year, and able to at least contain their rushing output. Now, granted, Lamar Jackson is on a tier all by himself as a runner, but the fact that the Vikings were able to contain his closest comp in Kyler Murray uh, bodes well for their prospects in this game. On the other side, the Ravens just played a very similar offense to the Vikings in the Bengals in their last game, and of course they lost that game, but I think Jamar Chase and Jefferson are fairly similar, and we just saw Jamar Chase completely light up this Ravens defense. I think Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook are also fairly similar. Now, granted, the Bengals have a much more talented quarterback in Joe Burrow, but the Ravens were favored by the same amount of points against the Bengals as they are the Vikings this week, and I don't think this matchup bodes well for them. I think the Vikings lose this game, but I think they cover the six points. I am taking the Vikings plus the six in this game. Now, the Ravens are 9-5 and five against the spread coming off of a bye under John Harbaugh, and you think might think, oh, man, I got to follow that trend, 9-5 and five against the spread. That's a good number. Uh, Adam Gase was 3-0 against the spread following a bye. So that's that doesn't mean anything. I'm taking the Vikings. I'm taking the six points, and I'm also playing under 49.5 in this one. And our next matchup is the Denver Broncos taking on my beloved Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys a 10-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under 49.5. And, and this game marks the probable return of Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, Hats off to you. Thank you for a great win, but we are happy to have Dak back for this one. This Cowboys defense is not getting enough credit for that great win against the Minnesota Vikings. They also got some help from some bad decisions by Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. This Cowboys defense holding the Vikings to one for 13 on third down. That was really what won them that game. And they're going up against a Broncos offense that has just been absolutely pitiful. Got an ugly win against the Washington football team last week. This Cowboys defense, I think, has another great game. You add Dak Prescott back to a high-powered Cowboys offense. Now, this Broncos run defense is top 10. However, I think that's due to some bad opponents. If you look back at their last couple of games, they gave up big games on the ground to Najee Harris and Dearness Johnson. So I think you see a big game from the twin-headed monster the Cowboys have in the backfield. I think Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard both have great games. Dak returns to form. This defense has another good one. Take the Cowboys, lay the 10 points, and play under 49 and a half in this one. Our next matchup is the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the New York Giants. The Giants, a three-point underdog at home for this one, the over-under 46 and a half. And Saquon Barkley is going to miss this game. He is off of the COVID list after it was determined that his positive test was a false positive. However, he is still working his way back from the ankle injury he suffered in week five against the Cowboys. And that is big news because this Raiders team allows 4.6 yards per carry. That is 28th in the NFL. They are not a good run defense. Uh, Saquon Barkley would have been able to take advantage of that. As it is, the Giants will lean on Devin Booker 
to get the run game going. The Raiders are coming off of a bye and have been playing well since the resignation of John Gruden. However, now they are dealing with the tragedy involving Henry Ruggs. Uh, Just from a football standpoint, Ruggs took the top off of defenses. We'll see how that affects the Raiders' second-ranked passing attack. Derek Carr likes to spread the ball around, but teams always have to play safeties deep to account for rug speed, and that made things easier for Carr. Uh, The Giants' defense on the other side has been playing well and played well in that loss to Kansas City on Monday night. And on the offensive side of the ball, they should have Kenny Galladay back, giving Daniel Jones his full complement of receivers for the first time this season, even though he is not going to have Saquon Barkley. I like the Giants in this one. As I said, I think this Raiders passing attack is going to miss that speed of rugs, uh, even if it's just as a decoy. As I said, he takes the top off of defense and it just allows Carr to spread the ball around underneath to Renfro to uh, Waller. This team might be well served to look at a guy like Deshaun Jackson who is now available as a free agent. Uh, They need some kind of speed on the outside to stretch the field for them. But in this game, as I said, I think they're going to miss that aspect. So I am taking the Giants plus three. I'm also playing under 46. Uh, And that takes us to our next matchup, the Patriots taking on the Panthers. The Panthers a three and a half point underdog at home for this one. The over-under is 41. And it is unclear who the Panthers' starting quarterback is going to be, but given Sam Darnold's recent struggles, that might not be a bad thing to give P.J. Walker a chance in this one. Christian McCaffrey is also set to return, but won't see his usual massive snap share. But having him back is going to be a boost for this Panthers offense. The Chargers got big plays on the ground against the Patriots last week, but did not stick with the run. I think you see the Panthers stick with the run in this this one. And I think they cover this three and a half. 80% of the against the spread bets are on the Patriots. And as always, as I love to do, I love to zig when everybody else is zagging. Give me the Panthers. Give me the three and a half. I also like under 41 in this one. Matt Jones has played well, but I have not been impressed with his low completion percentage. You also have Stephon Gilmore going against his old team. I also think Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick get pressure on Jones in this one. So I like the Panthers plus three and a half in this one. And that takes us to our final one o'clock matchup. It is going to be the Browns taking on the Bengals in Cincinnati. The Bengals a two and a half point favorite at home for this one, the over-under 47. And the Bengals got caught in a textbook trap game, that Jets game sandwiched in between two big divisional games coming off of that huge win against the Ravens and clearly got caught looking ahead to this Browns game. Now, a win for the Bengals would make them 3-0 and in the division with the win against each divisional opponent would be huge entering their bye. The Browns are still going to be missing Kareem Hunt for this one, but I think this offense is going to see some addition by subtraction. Odell Beckham Jr. being released by the team, I think that's going to bode well for Baker Mayfield and the rest of this offense. And I think the defense matches up well with the Bengals. I think you see Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney able to get pressure on Joe Burrow. I think you see Denzel Ward shadowing Jamar Chase. And on the offensive side of the ball, I think this run game and short passing game really gets things going. You saw the Jets able to move the ball well, dumping the ball off to their running backs and getting the ball to their receivers short. I think you see Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and Dearness Johnson all have big games for the Browns. I am taking the Browns plus two and a half in this one. I'm also playing under 47. And that is going to do it for the one o'clock games. We're going to take a quick break and come back and break down the four o'clock games. 
Welcome back. We move on to the 4 o'clock games, and we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners a 2.5-point favorite at home in this one, the over-under 45.5. And, and the first thing that most people are going to look at with this game is the fact that the 7-1 and one Cardinals are an underdog against the 3-4 and four 49ers, and their first instinct is going to be to take the points with the Cardinals. Not so fast. If you look back at this first matchup, the Cardinals were a short favorite at home in this one, and they were lucky to cover. Uh, Trey Lance was not ready to start at quarterback in that one, and Jimmy Garoppolo was not able to play. This 49ers offense looks explosive with Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. Kyler Murray looks banged up, and we finally saw the Cardinals' weak offensive line bite them last week in that loss to Green Bay. This Niners defense in that previous matchup actually shut down the Cardinals in the first matchup. They just could not get the offense going with Trey Lance. Four failed fourth down conversions in that one. Expect a more effective offense with Jimmy Garoppolo under center for this one. And the 49ers perceive weaknesses in their secondary, but Josh Norman has been playing well as of late, playing more like the Panthers' Josh Norman than the Washington football team' Josh Norman. And also, as I'm recording this podcast, news coming that George Kittle is going to play in this one. So San Francisco also getting him back. It just makes me like them even more. I am taking San Francisco in this one. I am laying the two and a half, and I'm also playing under 45 and a half in this one. And that takes us to our next four o'clock matchup. It's going to be the Chargers taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, a one and a half point underdog at home for this one, the over-under sitting at 50. And it has been a rough run for the Chargers. Two straight losses after three straight wins had them looking like a Super Bowl contender. Now, the matchup I want to key in on for this one is the Eagles secondary against this Chargers passing attack. Now, the Eagles have the eighth-ranked pass defense as far as yards go, but they've gotten blown out by four opponents this year, and all four of those opponents had top five passing offenses. The Chargers have the sixth-ranked passing offense. So I think you see this Chargers offense get it going against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. The Eagles were able to run the ball last week because they jumped out to a huge lead. Once they fall behind, we've seen it time and time again with this year, they just completely abandon the run game and get past savvy. And that's what I expect to happen here in this one. I am taking the Chargers minus one and a half, and I'm also playing over 50 for this one. And that takes us to our last four o'clock matchup. It is the Packers taking on the Chiefs. The Chiefs, a seven and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over under sitting at 48. And the big news with this one, obviously, is Aaron Rodgers missing the game due to COVID. Now, the Packers overcame some COVID issues last week, but that was completely different with the receivers being out. Rodgers can make receivers out of anybody. Rodgers, the heart and soul of this team. So that means we're going to get the debut of Jordan Love. And as they did last week, the Packers will look to lean on the run. I keep wanting to fade this Chiefs team. And of course, every time I look to do it, I look at the match and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to take that team. Last week, it was the Giants. And I just, I just closed my eyes and did it anyway. Like, oh, I don't want to take the Giants, but it was the right move and it paid off. The Giants covered that game. And I'm in the same position here. I do not want to take a first time starting quarterback against the Chiefs here, but this Packers defense plays well, I think. And I think they're able to contain Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City offense. And I think you see Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon take pressure off of Love. So 
Again, I'm going to fade the Chiefs. I'm going to close my eyes and do it. Give me the Packers plus seven and a half. I'm also going to play under 48 in this one. And that is going to do it for all of the afternoon games. We are now going to move on to the primetime games, starting with Sunday night football. Tennessee Titans taking on the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams a seven and a half point favorite at home for this one. The over under 52 and a half. No Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans for the rest of the season. And that is huge news and is going to have a domino effect on the entire team. It's going to put more pressure on Ryan Tannehill, who won't have the luxury of throwing against loaded boxes. Teams constantly have to put eight guys in the box. And so when Tannehill throws, he's going to get single coverage on the outside. He is not going to have that luxury anymore. Teams no longer having to account for Derrick Henry. It has a domino effect on the defense as well. This Titans defense has been bad, but with Derrick Henry moving the chains and chewing up clock, that led to the Titans being second in the league in time of possession. What is the best way to make up for a bad defense? It is to keep them off of the field. I love Adrian Peterson, but he is just not that dude anymore. He's not going to be able to fill those gigantic shoes of Derrick Henry. On the other side, the Rams, to me, are the best team in the NFL. Matthew Stafford looking like the MVP of the league. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, this offense is humming. And the defense, which is already playing great, just added Von Miller. Give me the Rams in this one. I am laying the 7.5, and and I'm also going to play over 52.5. And And we're going to wrap things up now talking about Monday Night Football. It is the Chicago Bears taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are a a 6.5-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 39.5. And And Chicago has been in a tailspin, losing three straight games after winning three out of four before that and looking like they might actually be a playoff team. Not looking like that anymore. This Pittsburgh defense has been impressive, especially in that win over the Browns, and they should win this game as well. But laying six and a half points in a game that the total is 39 and a half is a daunting task. This Pittsburgh team is only averaging 18.9 points per game. On the other side, this Bears team is a good running football team. The Steelers have a good run defense as well, but I think this is a low scoring game with two good defenses. Six and a half points is just too many to lay. Give me the Bears plus the points in this one. Bears plus six and a half and under 39 and a half are my plays for this one. uh, Just to quickly recap my picks, I am giving out the Saints minus six and a half, the Texans plus five and a half, the Bills minus 14, the Vikings plus 6, the Cowboys minus 10, the Giants plus 3, the Panthers plus 3 and a half, the Browns plus 2 and a half, the 49ers minus 2 and a half, the Chargers minus 1 and a half, the Packers plus 7 and a half, the Rams minus 7 and a half, and the Bears plus six and a half. Those are my picks, and that is going to do it for the podcast, guys. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week.